Hey guys, this is episode two of the Movement Code Podcast. Welcome to the Movement Code Podcast, where we help you decode movement, health, and lifestyle so that you can expand and grow. Hey guys, my name is Antonio Gurley, your host for the Movement Code Podcast. I am a father, husband, business owner, rehab practitioner, and coach. Information overload has paralyzed many of us and we are overwhelmed with good intentions and don't know what or who to trust. We aim to provide you clarity and confidence by bringing you expert advice for the everyday person. Thanks for spending some time with me today and enjoy the episode. Hey guys, this is your host Antonio Gurley again. We are on episode two of the Movement Code podcast and today we are interviewing owners of Coda CrossFit in Lafayette, Colorado. We have Kevin and Casey on the show today and we're breaking down CrossFit, a little bit about their journey into CrossFit and some of the do's and don'ts for you to think about if you're interested in CrossFit, but more importantly, just some questions that you should be asking yourself or kind of thinking about in the process if you are curious about getting into CrossFit. And then I want you guys to stay all the way through at the end because we talk about mindset and consistency and how that is affecting a lot of the results that we're potentially not seeing in our own fitness journey, our own health journey. So stay tuned and enjoy the episode, guys. Before we get started here, where can people connect with you guys? Where can they learn more about you and get in touch? Yeah, check us out on our website, uh, CodacrossFitIronView.com. Um, you can find us on Instagram at CodacrossFitIronView. Um, Casey and I also started a podcast not too long ago. I think we might be about eight episodes in. Uh, that's the Beyond Coda podcast. And Coda is K-O-D-A. Awesome, awesome. All right, let's get into the episode. No, so Casey, you were a cop in OK, right? In Oklahoma. Did I was, guys, yep. Did you guys know about the Tiger King when you were a cop out there? You know what's funny? OK, so he's, he's from a small town, uh, really just like an hour south of where, where I was, where I was a cop, but um, super small town. But you actually would see like his billboards. And there was another one in another, <laughs> there's another like uh, Tiger place near in another small town and you would see like these different um billboards and now that obviously tiger king is like you now i've watched it and saw all my neighbors and everything no i'm kidding but uh, <laughs> uh kevin and i have talked about it too it's like when you were driving around you remember seeing one that was like oh that one like looks kind of nice and then you saw this other one that it's like what is that like crazy yep. and the one that's like you're confused about is definitely the the tiger king one so well i think they rebranded like they they talked about that on the netflix episode and i remember seeing like some ridiculous billboards and i was like whoa that guy is a weird looking dude and then i remember (laughs) it looking more professional i think they like they like rebranded eventually yeah yeah there was one in in tuttle um called tiger safari but i don't think i never went to any of them but um yeah i i uh you know everybody now knows oklahoma for tornadoes and Joe Exotic now. So. And Tigernados. Tigernados. I'm kicking myself that we never went. Like, like we, t- like Liz and I, my wife and I talked about going. We're like, oh, that looks kind of interesting. We should do that sometime. We're like kicking ourselves. We never went. Right. I have not uh, seen an episode yet. I don't know if I ever will, but I, I thought I'd ask just based on you being you, you, you known enough of Oklahoma with being a cop and whatnot. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right. So first, first question, guys. So uh, 
it's interesting because we're obviously in the fitness industry. We see so many different of our patients and clients and, you know, people work in IT and whatnot. So fitness to them is not always like top of mind or the things that they're always studying and learning about. But to me, the fitness industry seems pretty saturated and definitely different than it was 10 years ago. I'm curious, do you guys think CrossFit would have the same impact it does now if it started 10 years later? Because they were kind of on the pioneers. HIIT training was around, but they were very much the pioneers of what we call kind of this functional HIIT training style. Now we have Orange Theory, F45. I mean, we could just kind of keep going down that road. Do you guys think it would be as influential if it started 10 years prior? Uh, I'll I'll chime in on this one. I actually think kind of switching it up, I don't think the fitness industry would look how it is right now without CrossFit. Um, So it's kind of like a chicken or the egg there because, you know, you had this like Globo gym, um, you know, on one end of the spectrum and you had personal training and then, you know, CrossFit kind of merged the two together. Um, And then I feel like all these other companies, you know, kind of split off because CrossFit is, you know, high intensity uh, functional movement, you know, or functional movement performed at high intensity. Um, it's constantly varied. So it's all these like high skill, different movements in a group setting. And so I think all these other, um, you know, companies and gyms spun off because there's all these like high intensity, like varied movements and then very low, you know, varied movements. And then there's this kind of in between where it's like orange theory, where you repeat more of the same movements, um, and still done in this group setting. So it almost, it, it, you know, if CrossFit were to come now, you know, I don't think it would have quite as much impact, but I feel like it shaped, you know, the fitness industry and, and started, started to have all these group training and these small group training companies that, that spun off of it. Um, so kind of twisted my, the question there, but you know, I, I really feel like it affected the fitness industry and all these other companies spun off of it. Yeah, think, I, Casey? I would, I would agree along those same lines. I feel like the uh, fitness industry in general is kind of constantly evolving and um, you know, 10 years ago, there was starting to be some, some like group classes in Globo gyms, you know, you saw, you still see them today with, you know, TRX and uh, even just like hit training, like you mentioned, Antonio, um, in a group setting. And I think maybe CrossFit was the first one to kind of commercialize that in a way where it was outside of just like the, you know, the wood floor with the mirrors and body weight movements. They kind of took it into a, all right, we're going to take this into where we have barbells and we have pull-up rigs and we have, you know, more stuff and uh, being able to then make that accessible to such a wide variety of, of clientele, I think kind of like helped shape what you see today. I think if CrossFit tried to come in today, so say CrossFit wasn't a thing and it came in um, uh, along the same lines of like Orange Theory and stuff, I think it would still be pretty successful because it, although there are some, some underlying um, commonalities, or I don't know if that's a word, but underlining um, similarities, uh, CrossFit is different enough that it's not the same. So I think it would still be a new product if you if it came in today and would kind of shake things up. Um, and there's, I, I do think there's a little bit different clientele that like that really likes CrossFit compared to those that really like Orange Theory. So um, although you know you're constantly competing in the fitness world for for business it's not always the same clientele that likes orange theory versus f45 versus boot camp versus crossfit versus marathon training so um yeah that's kind of i think they would be pretty successful though yeah that, i mean I, I agree with you 100 i mean like we're, we're, we we see the same thing every day in our office like there's some people like that just don't want to see kairos 
right? And it's like, that's fine. And there's just a certain type, like different strokes for different folks, right? And I have a different question about that coming up. But I think that's what's, I think, important to understand when you're looking for, you know, maybe you want to do something different with your fitness or you want to, or you're, you're curious about something else is it's just trying it out, right? You never know until you try. And so many people bash on certain things without trying it out. Now, what's interesting is I've really like, I've obviously done a number of different things as far as sports, athletics, training, fitness, working out, whatever that might be through high school, a little bit in undergrad, not as much. I didn't really start getting into personal training or coaching till the tail end of undergrad and into grad school. And that was right around the time CrossFit actually started. And, and I was in the Bay area at the time, right? Kind of where it started. So it was very interesting to see how CrossFit gyms are now versus CrossFit gyms, how they were 10 years ago. And I'm just curious, what do you think some of the biggest changes are uh, for better or worse? Because I, I, I want to say most of those changes, I think, are for the better. Because when it first started, they were just, you know, everyone was just dropping gyms everywhere. And there's still a plethora of gyms around. But I think things have changed slightly. What do you think some of the big changes are? Yeah, I think- I, uh, <laughs> I'll start this Go. one off. I, I think uh, I, it's definitely changed. I think almost entirely for the better. The One of the cool things about how CrossFit runs their affiliate program is um, it's kind of survival of the fittest. And by survival of the fittest generally means survival of who creates the best product and the best community and the best coaching and all that stuff. Um, meaning you can have a gym right across from the other and you pay your dues and you call yourself CrossFit and you know either you both survive or one falls or whatever. Um, so in that it cre- it creates some competition for creating a good product. Um, so obviously you've seen progression over the years, which is great. Um, and I, uh, I think as far as the changes that we've seen, the big thing is a systematic program. You remember, I mean, uh, I never heard of Rabdo until CrossFit came around and people started getting Rabdo, right? And then it's like, a, it's a buzzword in the fitness industry and it almost always revolves around CrossFit, but we obviously know that there's plenty of athletes across all sporting events that do get rhabdo. Um, it's not just a CrossFit thing, but it got attached to CrossFit. Um, so they kind of addressed the problem. And now you see systematic programming, um, obviously not entirely because of that, but there's a big, big reason for it. Now, the other point is that um, through the 10 years now, you have experienced coaches. So that's probably the best thing is like, mm. um, you know, whenever CrossFit first came around, yeah, you had your Olympic lifters and you had your power lifters or, and you had your gymnastics, whatever. And those that specialized in those, but you didn't really have a coach that could ad- adequately coach all of those movements. Right. But they were trying. And so through the, the last 10 years, now you have some really good certifications where people can, you know, learn the movement and then actually get some experience week in and week out of coaching those high skill movements. So people are, you know, seeing more progress, they're seeing way less injury. Um, and so just kind of one of the natures of the beast, it's going to kind of fine tune itself over time, but the coaching is probably the, the, the biggest, in my opinion, the biggest advancement that I've seen. Yeah. Kind of spitballing on top of that. Like I've seen so much progression, um, since, you know, since I started a gym, I want to say, well, that was almost, uh, eight years ago. Um, that just like every gym is, you know, just, progressing higher and higher in their their quality of product and exactly what Casey said because of survival of the fittest and 
you know, it, it's been great because it's really pushed people. It's elevated gyms to get better and better. And only the best ones are continuing to thrive and grow. But that means that some of the bad ones, you know, kind of got weeded out and didn't weren't successful long term. And, you know, my only frustration is when when people go to a bad gym and they try it out and it says CrossFit on the door and, you know, they think that that's what CrossFit is and it's exactly the same anywhere you go. So that that's really been the only bad thing that's spun off from all this is that it's so easy to open a gym and we get to run our gym however we want to, which is awesome because, you know, we want to run it how we want to run it and best help our members. But, you know, some of the bad gyms that have done, you know, some disservice to the name of CrossFit has really, uh, you know, it, it's rubbed some people the wrong way, especially in the fitness industry. And it might be only a small percentage of the gyms, but hopefully, you know, people don't just assume that that's how every single gym is. Yeah, well, I, I always that that just reminds me of one of the first one of my first CrossFit experiences uh, was out in the Bay Area, and Michelle and I were just basically like, "Hey, let, let let's just go give this a try, right?" First mistake is we did a Groupon, so then that kind of sets you up, right? <laughs> but it was man, it was it was just such an interesting experience, and and we and I had been to other gyms just because we had known enough providers and practitioners in the area, but this was just close to us. We're like, hey, let's just go try it out. We did one class and we're like, we're not going back. We're going to this other place. But, you know, it does show you there is a difference. And, and you guys essentially answered my next question just with a handful of gyms um, that have been successful maintaining multiple locations. Not only that, right? Coda has been successful now crossing state lines. So it really, I think, is a testament to what you guys do on a day in and day basis, the interactions, the product that you have, and more so just the community. I mean, because we're, we're a part of that Coda community. And I mean, that's the thing that literally everyone says about Coda, right? It's the number one thing. Wait, you guys tell us, right? What does Coda mean? Coda means friend. There you go, right? <laughs> it's the Sioux Indian word for friend or community. So it's kind of what we try to, what we try to exemplify in the gym and outside the gym is, you know, Coda means friend, Coda means community. Perfect. I love it. Now, what do you, just out of curiosity, what do you guys think some of the major limitations are for people, whether physically or mentally, when trying to get started with lifting, training, or getting involved in a gym? I think it's fear of the unknown um, for the most part. Uh, because, you know, in, in our doors specifically and most, most good CrossFit gyms, it's, it's infinitely scalable. You know, we, we have members that are in their 70s and we have, you know, professional athletes and everything in between. Um, so those people can be working out next to each other and both get a great workout. We can scale up or down. So, you know, really it, along with, if, you know, somebody comes to us super common, somebody comes to us, Hey, I, I hurt my knee or I hurt my shoulder years ago. I got surgery. We can scale the workouts and, and help them get back to hundred percent and kind of work on some weaknesses. Um, so we can change any workout for anybody. There's never limits there. And we're, you know, confident enough as coaches and, and as owners that we can handle you know, a group there and get everyone a great product. But, you know, it's the fear of, uh, of the unknown and people that haven't walked in the doors, you know, maybe have certain perceptions on how things are going to be or how, you know, how scary it might be or who, who fits into that mold. Um, but really, you know, I, I think that once people try it out, then they, a lot of times they change their minds. And there's only so much we can do to, to try to encourage people to, to understand that, but you really can't comprehend it until you experience it. Yeah, agreed. What do you think? Casey? Yeah, I think the, the the fear of the unknown is definitely oftentimes the, the biggest limiter. Um, and also, generally, if you're coming into a gym, if you if somebody comes in the gym for the first time and they know anybody in there, 
it's way easier. But that's just like everything in life, right? Like whenever you, you remember your first day of school, when you don't know anybody in your classes, like you're nervous, even though you, you've been to school however many years, like the first day you're like, you know, you have a little bit of nerves. Now you amplify that because you are going to be, um, you know, in a group setting and you're going to be showing some of your strengths and or weaknesses. And, you know, there's a, there's a level of vulnerability there. So we got to be able to, um, that community aspect that, that code is all about. We, if we can create that environment, then hopefully it'll ease some of it. But at the end of the day, the, that stepping into the unknown, I mean, it, I, I give, I give props to anybody that comes in for the first time and tries it out because it, it is a, uh, an intimidating thing. It's not, I would be lying if I said like, Hey, like that's silly to be like intimidated because anytime you try something new and you're going to do something that's, you know, that is going to be challenging and is going to kind of like make you better is often, you know, a little bit scary and that's totally fine. Um, but that's also probably the biggest you know, thing that keeps people out of trying uh, CrossFit in general. Um, and then, also, one of the probably the best uh, marketing things that CrossFit has ever done is the CrossFit Games and seeing it on ESPN and seeing those athletes do some extraordinary things. However, that's also now puts like the perception of CrossFit. If you talk to anybody new that has never tried CrossFit and then you're like, you know, you don't say um, to, to make them re recognize what you're talking about. You know, the easiest thing to say is like, well, have you ever watched ESPN when they do this? You know, and most people saw a clip of that because it is impressive to see those athletes. So they have this perception that that's everybody in the CrossFit gym. And I've I've been in the gym for many years now, and I don't look like those guys or the ladies <laughs> for that matter. So, <laughs> well, that's what's interesting, right? Like we watch professional basketball, but yet so many people go out and hoop, right? You watch professional football, but people want to still go play flag football, whatever that is. So it's, it, that's that's a that's a very interesting and, and really really good point of showing that. This is, this is just different. While it's still called CrossFit, it's just like basketball, right? Like so many of us will still go out and play and dabble in something that we find enjoyable and challenging. And I think what's also interesting too is I think we just as a society, I'm, I'm making a very blanket statement here, as a society, especially when it comes to like fitness and, and, and you know there's definitely outliers who strive and they're like, I want to figure out the hardest thing I can possibly do. But we, we, we tend to shy away from what's challenging, not only from a uh, maybe a personality uh, or mental standpoint of like fe feeling afraid of going in, but they're like, man, this looks hard. I don't know if I can do it, right? But that's the whole point. It's supposed to be hard because that's how you get stronger. If it wasn't hard, then you're not going anywhere. So I think that's, a, I think that's uh, an interesting point. I've uh, I've always wished that well I've always wished that they would call it the fittest on earth competition because if we could if we could have CrossFit be one thing and then be the fittest on earth competition they kind of you know by CrossFit it could it could be whatever but it's like you know the difference between Ironman triathlons and the sport of biking and running and swimming like you know you can bike and run and swim but you don't have to go do an Ironman triathlon like. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I wish that it was called something else so that people could, you know, recognize it, but differentiate it. And I think it would be easier that way. But, you know, so CrossFit HQ, if you're listening, you know, hire me as your marketing <laughs> police and uh, I'll take I'll take it to the moon. Are they? No, is that what they're trying? I thought that was a conversation they're trying to do is trying to get back to some of that garage gym roots. They're trying to call it CrossFit health as one thing um, yeah. and then the CrossFit games as another. But I, I. You know, if I was the marketing director, I would I would call it fittest on earth competition. 
Um, and then call it CrossFit is like what everyone does. Yeah. There's just so much branding in CrossFit now, right? Yeah. It's yeah. There to, is. It, good, good, to, bad though. You know? Yeah. It, oh, for it, sure. Yeah. 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 I mean, just like you, you mentioned, uh, running, biking and swimming, those are known as their own sports. CrossFit is known as its own category now as well. Even though we, even from the very beginning of this conversation, we said, you know, there was already hit training or there was already, you know, Metcon training or whatever, but, you know, CrossFit definitely, yeah, it, you're right. It has some good things about it that it has its own brand, but, um, yeah, Kev, you need to, you need to write in and to the, uh, the, the fittest on earth experience. So I'm, we'll see. I'm curious what, who do you, and this is, this is somewhat of a maybe loaded question, but I'm hoping that some of the listeners would be someone that would be interested, but would definitely be on that opposite side of the scale where they're just like, man, I just don't think it's for me. Like for me to go into a group setting, A, I don't know anyone, B, I don't feel strong, C, I don't even know like what these movements are, right? Just curious, who do you guys think should consider maybe not starting into group classes and maybe intro into CrossFit with personal training? I don't know if you guys have thought about that or if you have like maybe like a specific avatar uh, that comes to mind. I think you have to be honest with yourself on how you how you best learn things and and how, you know, you, you best feel that you're going to approach things correctly. But we do offer, you know, intro to CrossFit. That's actually one-on-one. We call it Coda Quick Start. Um, and so those are one-on-one sessions. But I think it really just depends on, on what your mindset is. Like when I first started CrossFit, like Casey said, like I saw the CrossFit games and I was like, that's awesome. Like I want to be there and I'm going to be there next year. And oh, like I got my butt kicked by my middle-aged moms as soon as I came into a real CrossFit gym. And then I got humbled very quickly. Um, but, you know, I just wanted to jump in and learn. And, you know, I was very coachable. So the coach in the middle of a class could very easily be like, hey, do this. And then I implemented it. And I, I, I did put my pride aside and was able to go lighter on weights or work on form. And so we see it all the time in the gym. And it's not just like a necessarily a guy or a girl. It's just somebody's personality. If, if they are very coachable and they're willing to maybe put their, their pride aside and, you know, be learning as they go. Awesome. But I've also seen it the other way where, where somebody, you know, just wants to beat the person next to them and isn't actually learning um, as they're, as they're going. So you know, I think just knowing yourself and knowing how you best best learn, whether it's in a one-on-one setting where it's a little bit lower intensity or if you like to learn as you go, um, really the most important part, what I like to tell people is consistency is way more important than intensity. So whichever path is going to make them consistent is probably the best path. And we offer both. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I definitely think, um, you know, one of the awesome things about group training is you do kind of have that competitive nature where you want to, you know, you, you have your buddies in class that you kind of go against and push yourself and try a little harder to, cause you want to beat them. But at the same time, like, you know, if I got to suffer, I want the other person next to me to suffer, you know, and like feel the, 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 the pain or whatever. Um, I would, I would argue that it's progress, but uh, you want them, everybody to feel it, which is a great thing about it. And you see a lot of progression through it, but at the same time, you know, um, we want you to try really hard and want you to work really hard with very safe and effective movement patterns. And, you know, to your limitations and your ability levels. Um, and you know, at the end of the day, we're working on, we're, we're trying to have everybody have the same amount of like effort or work put out. We're not trying to necessarily have everybody do the same movements. Um, and so there's, there's a catch 22 there. The competition's great, but we got to know when to scale back and hold back. Um, and know that like, if you go in there and you get a really good workout, like you're getting just as much out of that as the guy that 
either, you know, did more reps or less reps than you, like you got a great workout, but human nature, like it's a, it helps push us that little bit more, but you know, we need to also kind of set our, our pride aside. And that's one really awesome thing about that. I see, I get this witness like almost every day at Coda is, you know, genuinely, if, if somebody, you know, somebody beats me, I'm like, dang, you just crushed it. Like, I'm actually happy for them. Part of me is like, dang, maybe I could have tried a little harder or whatever. But like, it's awesome to see somebody else just working their tail off trying to get better. And it's like, it's what it's all about. You know, you're in there having fun with your buddies. And like, there's no part of me that gets upset whenever Kevin beats me on a workout because I'm like mad at him. I'm just like, I'm just like, man, he finally got me for the first time in like six months. So no, <laughs> uh, but no, it's like the, the community is everything. And so, um, which helps push each other, but yeah, I uh, can also, you, know, you gotta, as a coach, you kind of got to step in and be like, dude, Hey, take some weight off or whatever. But it's, um, I I'm trying to think now that I'm making this point, like what, what, what occurs more? Are we pulling our, are we pulling people back saying, Hey, take some weight off? Or are we kind of saying, no, you're good. Like you can, you can move a little bit more. And I would say like, there's a, there's really only a small percentage on each side of that, that are like kind of too far, like one way or the other. Most people, they kind of like, and maybe it's the, maybe it's the community at CODA specifically, but we have really good luck with most people are kind of in that realm of where they need to, where they need to be as far as to get the right response. Um, and it might, it might be coaching. It might be community. It might be programming. But um, we get, when I actually think about it, we have some really good like examples of people that kind of are in that sweet spot. Yeah. And I think that's what I, I mean, we, I had this conversation with uh, obviously a lot of our patients uh, and clients who come in is, is having that conversation of just like, it's all relative, right? Just because someone else is doing something that you either want to be able to do, or you should feel like you'd be able to do, you don't know their situation, right? Or your situation might be different as uh, Kevin and I know with two, li with, with little ones at the house, right? Like we parents and younger kids, like the question we always ask is like, what's your sleep like? Right? What's your recovery like? And those different things that, that we don't often think about. And it seems like it's always just like, well, I need to keep going. I need to keep going. I need to keep going. So having a coach, as, as, as Casey just described it, understanding how those different elements of being able to say, hey, go a little more. Or, hey, you look – I've had a coach literally tell me this when I was younger. I came in when my son was super young. He's like, dude, you don't look good. Because I was tired <laughs> and I was like, you're right. I don't feel good. And you know what? That day was either a rest day or it was just ridiculously light to just, you know, make sure I'm not just burning myself out. But on think, that note, yeah, go ahead. I was, was going to say, I think taking that a step further is like, I think most people are very coachable in the gym and they don't go like way too hard or way too easy. And they're usually coachable on their movement, but it's just, I hate that, I, that this is the case. Cause I wish it wasn't, but I just get in so many conversations like, Oh man, my shoulder hurts. Like, you know, what am I doing wrong on this, on this overhead barbell press and you know, the movement looks good. And then it's, and then you start getting into conversations. You're like, well, how are you sleeping? Like, you know, what, what do you do for work? Like, where do you, and then it turns out that they're moving pretty good, but then they only sleep five hours a night and they're sitting at a desk and sitting in the car and they have this like hunched over posture. And it's like, Hey, like, I wish that this hour in the gym was what's holding you back, but it's probably the other 23 hours that we need to fix. And you know, and unfortunately that's the harder thing to fix. Like when people are in the gym with us, like they are, they are very coachable. Um, but when, when they're outside the gym, a lot of times is the, the biggest issue and the hardest to fix. Yeah. And you guys don't have, I mean, that's, that's 100% there in their control, right? Like I can only, I can only lead you to the water. 
right? I can't force you to drink it, which is, which is something we always say. And that's what's so interesting too. I think, I mean, when people come in and see us, they always assume it's uh, a structural pathology, right? Like I have a tendon tear or, you know, I have arthritis and all of these things that are supposed to be causing pain. And, you know, you look at them like, Hey, you move good. The joints are good. Everything's good. Like sometimes you just piss it off and you just need a little time. Like we forget. Yeah. Why do you think that is? Do you think that people want, they don't want to feel like it's their, their problem. Like they want to feel like it's just some acute injury. They're like, Oh, this freak accident. Why do you think that is? I, I don't, I don't know necessarily. I think it's more so just culturally what's been told to us, right? Like we assume when your body hurts, something has to be broken or wrong. And I think we, I think it's just been something that from just, and I'm, I'm saying the medical community, chiropractic and physical therapy just involved in that as well. Cause chiros and PTs are just as guilty, if not even more guilty in saying those things because they do an evaluation or assessment or x-rays and show, Oh, you show early signs of degeneration. That's why you're back here. It's like, Oh, you know what? It has been hurting for a while. Knowing that degeneration, if that's the cause or arthritis, it's there. If you have it, if your pain is good one day, but not another day, is it arthritis? Right. Or could it be that we have, we, we, we did a workout and we just, you know, our body felt the load and it's a little achy and we didn't sleep that well because the kid was up or you know it's it's quarantine season and you're drinking margaritas every night and you're inflamed right <laughs> uh but you know there's it's i think it's super easy to put the to, i think you're right in some degree kevin where it's just super easy to blame something else and not want to fully take the responsibility of what our lifestyle and habits are and that being said that leads me to my last question is what are what do you guys think most people are missing in their fitness training and or lifestyle I would I would say the biggest thing for people that aren't seeing results that they want to see most of the time it's uh consistency I think and that consistency is is a number of things right um being in the gym consistent um having some type of consistent program no matter what you're working towards you know in CrossFit and especially at Coda we get really nerdy with the programming and we we love the science behind it and the reasoning behind it um because we we do serve uh broad range of clients. So we need it to be detailed, but let's say you're a runner or a cyclist or whatever, like having some type of consistency and something you're working towards. Cause you can't, you can't just go randomly do stuff. Um, but then also consistency, like Kevin already mentioned in some type of sleep. Now I understand that's not easy to do. I trust me. I, I worked afternoon shift for six years. I, uh, worked crazy schedule as a police officer. I get some life just happens. I don't have any kids, but that's another example. And then also even your diet. Now, people also think that consistency means perfection. And there's two, that's two totally different things. Like yeah. consistency, you know, even 70% of the time staying on a routine of sleep, diet, and exercise, you're going to see great results. You can have 100% accountability and consistency on working out. But if you have 50% on your nutrition or your sleep, like you're just, you're hosed. And so um, I think consistency is the biggest thing they're missing. And again, that's not perfection. I, I think those two things really need to be differentiated. I love it. Yeah, I definitely agree with Casey there a hundred percent. And I, I want to add something to it. Um, I think mindset is a big issue for a lot of people and not the way that you'd think that I'm talking about. It's not like mental toughness or anything like that. Um, I think that all three of us on this call would, would adopt, uh, the growth mindset as opposed to the fixed mindset. And, you know, I think a lot of people use those terms and stuff like that. There's a there's a book if if you guys haven't uh, 
ever heard of it. It's called mindset. I think the author's like Carol Dweck or something like that. Um, and it's just all about the growth mindset and fixed mindset. Basically, you know, we think that if there's an issue or if we want to be something else, we can just work towards it and do it and fix it. And, you know, I think that that's earned, that's earned confidence through actually like walking the path. Um, but I think that people a lot of times think that things are out of their hands and they can't do anything about them or they, they want to think that they can't do anything about them. But, you know, when, for example, I, I think all three of us on this, if, if we're like, Hey, I want to go, you know, run a marathon. Like we're like, well, you know, we're, we're going to have to put in a lot more volume of running. We're going to have to adjust this or that. And then, Oh, Hey, I want to, you know, I want to change my, my health markers or, you know, my blood lipid levels or cholesterol, like, you know, anything like that, my blood sugar. Well, okay. We're going to have to put in some work. We're going to have to change these things. Um, and you know, I think we, we adopt that mindset and I, but I think that's probably, you know, only five to 10% of the, the population. I think a lot of times people think things are out of their hands and everything's in your hands. It's just a certain amount of work, you know? Um, so yeah, I, I challenge it, people, yeah, to try to try to adopt that growth mindset and know that it's in your power to like change things. Yeah, and I would I would even go a little bit farther on that. There are some situations that you know different people have different situations of whether it be lifestyle or diagnosis or you know uh, stress levels, whatever. But still, how you react to those those things, even if it's different lifestyle, you know, like uh, whatever it may be, everybody's going to have different uphill battles. And so, yeah, you can still make the changes and, and make those uh, that, that growth mindset that Kevin's talking about. We're not saying that everybody has the same um, unique situations happen to them, um, like kids or if you, you know, if you have to up and move or you have other life stresses, but you take those and go, OK, I wish I had this much time, but now I only have this much time. Well, in that much time, I'm going to make these changes or whatever it is. And so you can, you know, whatever you've been given make the most of it. And rather than saying, well, I only have this much time and look, so-and-so has all this. It's like, well, just concentrate on what you have. Um, but yeah, I, I hear Kevin talk about growth mindset a lot and you can tell, um, he's always had that mindset and, but as far as like how he does things, but being able to attach like, uh, actual like, um, name and description to, to that, I think is, a uh, goes a long way and you can you can see it in a lot of different things throughout coda and in his personal life and then you know it's rubbed off on me too i i would say that i uh i kind of have that same mindset but i didn't know what you would call it i just say i don't know i just work hard or whatever but um having a coin a, a, a term actually coined to it i like that yeah and i, I think, think that this yeah go ahead. Go ahead. no go well, ahead. i was gonna say i think this quarantine uh and this shelter in place has really like brought that out and a lot of different ways, you know, especially in the, in the business world, um, you know, us as a gym, like, you know, that's our bread and butter is in person, like being able to coach people and interact with them. And, you know, right away when, when this happened, we, we had to shut down. And then, you know, we talked with our five other locations at Coda and, you know, all of us were kind of stressed out, like, Oh my God, like, what are we going to do? Blah, blah, blah. And then, but right away, you know, we, we switched gears and we're, we're like, okay, our goal as a gym is to help people with their health, their fitness, and, you know, provide an awesome supportive community. And, you know, although we can't do that in person, what can we do? Like, what, what can we do to, to keep, you know, that mission statement and keep helping our members? And so we just had to switch gears and, you know, take, take a, a right, hard right turn and, and change the way we do things. And that's kind of how that's kind of a good example of that mindset is we just we're like, well, crap, like we're in the situation. All right, what do we do next? And, 
you know, I don't think uh, any of our Coda owners were like trying to to complain and be like, oh, this sucks. It's just like, all right, well, here's the situation. What should we do now? And I think that's just a good example for any any goal or anything like that you want to accomplish. I don't want to be, you know, not realistic and say that anyone can uh, can be anything or accomplish anything they want. I mean, like, you know, Casey and I probably weren't destined to be NBA centers, you know, like we're probably not going to, but we can, anything can be improved is kind of the mindset I like to try to instill in people is, you know, if you're, if you're trying to, lose body fat, or if you're trying to get healthier or gain strength or anything like that inside, outside the gym, everything can be improved. If you focus on it and put in the work, you know, there's going to be only a certain, maybe a certain potential that you get to. And Casey and I probably aren't going to make the NBA or the NFL. It sucks, but. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan of Gary Vee and I don't know if you guys follow him. He talks about mm-hmm. that a lot where he basically says like you, like there's, there's an element that sometimes people forget and there's talent, right? Like, like genetically, we're just not able or as gifted as some people, especially when it comes to certain sports or talents or skills or things like that. But I think what's also really interesting too is I, I, I think mindset can kind of be um, misconstrued by a lot of different people where they think it's like, well, like when they hear people talk about mindset, it's like all these like huge growth areas that they want to strive for and get to. And I could, I could probably say pretty definitively most humans want to be better in some capacity, right? In, in, in anything, right? And I think that's the mindset that you guys are really referring to is it doesn't have to be a lot. It's just a step in the right direction. And with that, if you have consistency, then you start to see the products and the outcomes of your work and your effort. So what, what we always want to try to do at the end of these episodes is give someone uh, or give our listeners a goal to think about until the next episode. And hopefully these will stack up and hopefully become habits if it's part of their journey, if it's a part of their mindset or whatever. But I think with what you guys have said, leaving off on that is creating some sort of positive growth mindset and whatever that is, give yourself seven days of consistency. We know it takes a lot longer to build a habit, right? And if it's that important to you, hopefully that seven days is just enough for you to snowball or kickstart you in the right direction. But think about something that you want to be better at, some sort of growth mindset. It could just be simply two 30 minutes of reading today because you want to work on your knowledge. Um, uh, it, it doesn't have to be physical per se. And then make a, make, make a goal, consistent for seven days and see what happens. I know for me, especially like with something as easy as nutrition, not doing sugar for seven days kicks me off in the right direction of being a lot more consistent with how my diet is. Um, So we're going to leave you guys with that growth mindset and consistency. And we thank you for tuning in and we look forward to hearing you guys on the next episode. Okay. Hey guys, thanks again for joining us for episode two of the Movement Code Podcast with Coda CrossFit. Kevin and Casey are phenomenal. Nichelle, my wife, and I are members of Coda CrossFit, and we really enjoy their classes. So if you're local, be sure to check them out. And as always, you can connect with us on social media. Our Instagram handle is Enhanced Movements. Same for Facebook. You can just search Enhanced Movements. You'll find us. We are also be posting some of this content on Instagram for Movement Code, and that's just going to be straight up Movement Code for both Instagram and Facebook. Be sure to check us out on our website as well, enhancedmovements.com. That's Enhanced with a D and Movements with an S. We have a ton of great resources and blogs on there for you to learn just a little bit more about your body, connect with us. Feel free to reach out with us on those platforms as well, and we look forward to seeing you guys on Episode 3. Thank you. Thank you.